What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 95 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, just like every other episode. What's happening, dude? Not much. You? Not much. Just living the dream. That's all a guy can do right now. That's right. And it's getting a little bit colder out there. It is. A lot, of, a lot of the listening area has gotten snow in the last couple days. You know what? Actually, on Friday, I ran up to uh, the runnings in town to get some stuff for work. And one of the ladies in there said that as she was driving into town, that there was some stuff bouncing off her windshield. Ooh. And I heard that uh, Hartford actually said that they full on did get snow. Uh, Hartford, South Dakota, just a smidge west of Sioux Falls. So I would say that that's very well possible that uh, we could have had a little bit of something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Those temperatures are dipping down there. That's right. Um, I don't know if this is at all possible or not, but Jay Siemens put a video on Facebook and he was out ice fishing that he posted like two days ago. Really? And, uh, he was demoing a Eskimo or not an Eskimo, well, Eskimo, I don't know, ion generation two auger, whatever, seeing how many holes he could, uh, get with that. And, uh, I, I went and looked like way up in like Manitoba, Alberta, whatever, some of the temperatures, and I mean, their highs are like 32, 33. So I dare say it could very well be that there's some ice up there. I, oh, is is I that possible? I, I wouldn't doubt it. Don't kill me for, for screwing this up. But I think that uh, farther up there in Canada that they could very well be already ice fishing. And uh, that's pretty crazy. I'm just throwing it in everybody's face in the States here that yeah. want to get up there or want to start ice fishing. That's right. But uh, oh, it won't be long in who knows what Euler and those guys are going to be doing out there in the well, hills. Well, that's, that's just it. it. keeps I mean, being cold. Yep. I mean, you get a couple cold days in a row and then things can happen. So, uh, you know, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, you know, some of them higher elevation areas. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. Heck, there could be a spot somewhere where maybe it never even comes off. I, yeah. Who knows? I, I don't know what I the high know. elevation stuff. That ain't my uh, that ain't my expertise. Neither is podcasting, but we try and uh, we give it we give her hell. Yep. So uh, NWT uh, currently still going on. Uh, we are recording this on Saturday because that's when it worked for us. And uh, the NWT is currently still going on. Um, they came out with a new schedule, and that's uh, that's stuff that we'll talk about later here in the episode. Um, Bassmaster is down on Chickamauga. Chickamauga, yep. That is going on, and that won't get done until Monday. Um, so if you're listening to this the day that it drops, uh, watch the weigh-ins that afternoon. Cause, yep. Yep. Tune in to Bassmaster.com. That's right. Um, otherwise, uh, I think as far as news goes, that's about all we got. Yeah. We're going to talk about uh, the names for uh, you listeners later on in the show. Yeah, what well, um, we're going to call you from now on. Yep. Some of you, I mean, we're going to keep calling some of you what we've always called you, but just not to your face. Yeah. Yeah. And and what we call some of you, we can't say on this podcast because right. we've always said that this is a PG podcast. and We try know, to keep it that way. Yeah. Every once in a while, I get a little revved up and things happen, but hey, it is yeah, what it is. That's right. So, uh, yeah, actually, our interview this week, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, you know, we, we have a lot of bait shop owners. We have guides. Uh, you know, we have... Uh, Professional anglers. Yep, all, all over. And uh, this one's really, really cool and unique. Uh, we've got an author, uh, Bob Allen, who writes children's books, uh, um, walleye, musky-themed uh, 
um, yeah, we, we saw him, well, we're friends with him on Facebook and, and, uh, I said to Matt, I'm like, Hey, that'd be something really different. I, I think we ought to do that. And, uh, so we're looking forward to talking to him and, uh, yeah, I guess without further ado, we're going to get on over to him. And we're here today with the author, Bob Allen. Bob, how you doing? Fantastic. It's a little chilly and nippy up here in Wisconsin this morning. I was out doing a farmer's market and we started out at 36 degrees with high winds and a slight chance of rain, so it was a beautiful day for fish. Yeah. <laughs> Did uh, you guys get any snow up there? No, I guess north of here they got a little, but uh, none here. All right. Nice. Nice. Now, where in Wisconsin are you, Bob? I'm in Brookville, just outside Milwaukee. Okay. Okay. Um, well, Bob, I... We, uh, we normally ask a couple random questions that uh, aren't really uh, related to the interview to get the interview started off. So uh, I'll start here. Um, if you had to eat at one restaurant for every single meal for the rest of your life, what restaurant would that be? Well, these are tough questions. <laughs> but they're also pretty easy, too. For a guy that spends a lot of time on the road doing stuff, I'd say I'd probably look for a McDonald's seeing as I own stock in the company, too. So, yeah, give me a Big Mac or a quarter pound of a cheese, and I'm happy. Yep, and, <laughs> and, and they got the breakfast options, too. So They do, the big breakfast with the, the pancakes and sausage. Yeah. All right, McDonald's. It's not, you know, eloquent cuisine, but uh, it gets me by. A yeah. classic. Yeah, I don't have a problem with McDonald's, not one bit. So, <laughs> How about your favorite movie? What is it? Oh, geez. There's all kinds of... Um, we watched a couple just recently that were some throwbacks, and I thought, geez, we hadn't seen that in a long time. But we just watched Absence of Malice and, uh, you know, Shawshank Redemption, a lot of things that take me back, kind of telling me where I'm from, that older era. But, uh, yeah, any movies that are uh, 20, 30 years old, I'll watch them. All right. Well, heck, yeah. Now, Bob, uh, you, you mentioned that now you're in Wisconsin. Did you grow up there in Wisconsin? I did. Grew up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, uh, a couple blocks uh, from the, the mouth of the Fox River where it feeds into Winnebago, and, and that's where I did all my fishing when I was a little toddler. Tied my own flies, walked down to the dock, uh, public dock at the end of the street, and fished my brains out. Heck yeah. Uh, what what species were you kind of targeting back then? Uh, walleyes. Okay. But uh, that doesn't mean that that's everything I caught. I mean, a lot of white bass and sheep in the system, and uh, I'd fill up a, a pail of white bass and sell them to the locals, uh, make a little money so I could buy some newer line, new Zebco reels or whatever I was using at the time. Hmm, nothing Heck wrong yeah. with that. Now, Bob, do you have that one person that, that you would consider responsible for getting you into fishing? Um, boy, you're asking good questions. I like these questions. I would say... The, the, the person responsible for getting me into fishing was my dad because he took me fishing when I was about four years old, and and that's when I got hooked on it. Along the way, there's been so many different people that I've met, and it's it's a great industry uh, to meet people. I mean, when I was originally on the PWT uh, and then on the Nawa Trail, I traveled with Dick Stilley and, and Gary Gray, and then when I was on the Nawa, I, I traveled with Brad Davis out of Jackson. As a matter of fact, Brad is in the finals at the NWT out in Lake Erie today, and I was kind of trying to find out online how he's doing. They had a, a blow day the second day there, so yeah. 
15 mile an hour, 15 foot waves. I don't know how, uh, what the winds were, but so I'm familiar with Erie. I've been out there in the middle of the lake with 50 mile an hour winds. So I can appreciate having a wind day on Erie. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded like it was blowing pretty good out there. Whenever I think of a uh, big wind up there on the Great Lakes, uh, the the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald just comes playing in my head. <laughs> yeah, those that's even you're talking thirty footers instead of fifteen footers up there. Yeah. yeah. Now you having traveled like that and growing up fishing, uh, what would you say your most memorable fishing trip would be? Oh, if, when you're on the trail for a number of years. There are a lot of memorable trips. Certainly that one where I was caught out in the middle of the lake at 50 mile an hour winds, uh, I got a, a call from Dale Strohshine in the middle of the day and said, the tournament's called off, get to shore. And I'm thinking, what? I've got six walleyes in the boat that certainly go over 48 pounds. I know I'm in the top 10. He says, don't even bring him in. They're not going to weigh him. So it took me three hours to go 27 miles quartering the waves back you know you got a boat that does 70 miles an hour so that was a memorable trip when you got back everybody was saying glad you got back alive but uh, another a memorable trip that uh, up at Sakakuya where you make a long run of 40 miles and the wind came up and I, I tucked into a bay and trying to get out of the bay the wind was right into my bow and after taking a couple over the front I told my amateur partner we're all done for the day, and I, I parked the boat, and there's not a lot of farmhouses out there. We had to walk across the field, get up close with some uh, longhorn cattle, <laughs> and as we're coming up to his farmhouse, I said, I don't mind, just so they don't have any Rottweilers, and lo and behold, we get close, and they got two Rottweilers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and so we crossed the fence, and of course, they come yipping at me, and I jumped up on an abandoned car, and my amateur partner is standing there laughing his butt off. And finally, talks me down, and we knock the door, and nobody's there. And we start walking up the road about a quarter mile to the highway, and a car comes up, and a lady gets out, and we said, well, weren't you afraid that we were burglars or something? And she says, no, not too many burglars wear red Gore-Tex with their names on the outside of the jacket. <laughs> so she wasn't too concerned, but... Uh, she gave us a, a ride into town until my partner came and brought a trailer, and we put the boat on the trailer and got back. So those are all memorable trips. Not all of them you know, end up in a top 10 finish, but if you fish long enough, you have a lot of adventures and experiences. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about it. Now, Bob, do you, have, uh, do you have that one fish that got away? Do you have that one fish that just haunts you still to this day? I've got a lot of fish that haunt me. <laughs> one of the, one of the ones that uh, I was fishing, uh, I don't recall if it was Otter Street or the Mercury Marine. I tried to fish with my my sons in those, and I was fishing with my one of my sons, and we're out in the middle of the lake and, and trolling and uh, kind of wavy, and we got a fish on, and you know, you, oh, be careful, keep it coming, keep the rod, all the coaching. And we get it right up near the boat, and its head comes out of the water, and it opens its mouth, and the walleye mouth looked like a largemouth bass. It had to be eight pounds, nine pounds maybe, and it, it just got off. And we were just beside ourselves. You just, you know, the elation, and then, uh, oh, geez. So, and I know what the, you know, eight, nine-pound walleye looks like, and that certainly was one that I would have loved to have gotten in the boat. 
pre-fishing for that tournament a couple weeks before. I did get a seven-pounder with one of my other sons, and we uh, were out there kind of wavy, and, and he had one of his one of his friends, school friends fishing with us, and he was excited, and they were so excited. We got the fish in the boat, and the, the other kid's dad sat on my rod and broke it, and I said, we're going in. <laughs> well, we got to the boat landing first, and, and I said, it's pretty wavy, and, and the proud dad, his son says, Dad, you can handle it. So we did go out and handle it. Got a seven-pounder, and we got he got his picture in the paper. We took it down to the local grocery store and put it on the scales, so I know it went seven pounds. So nice. But those are great experiences with your family and friends, and fishing tournaments, and and it's just a good camaraderie with with you know how to socialize with people of like ilk. Yeah, for sure, no doubt. Now, how did you uh, first get into tournament fishing? Um. When I was living in Fond du Lac and uh, dabbled a little, little bit in some of the walleye weekend things and then a couple of the local bar tournaments around the lake and just met a couple of people that um, I started out on the amateur side, traveled with a couple of the pros for a year or two and decided, hey, this is too much fun. Had some sponsors and was very lucky to get some sponsors because even then it was expensive and now it's even more expensive. And uh, had a modicum of success. I mean, I, you know, if you finish in the top ten, I was not Parsons or Cavias, although um, Cavias endorsed my first book, uh, the, the Walter the Wiley Walleye. He said if he'd have read that book when he was younger, he'd have caught more fish in the PWT. <laughs> nice. so. Now, now you mentioned your writing there. Uh, how did how did how did that start? How did you first get into writing? Well, I'm long retired, and my wife suggested that I, I have a project in my retirement. And I said, well, I, you know, as in high school, I was like the sports editor. I, I kind of liked writing. Maybe I'll do that. And uh, people said, well, if you're going to write, write about something you know. Well, I thought, well, I coached hockey for 35 years, but I've been fishing for over 65 years, so I think I'll write about fishing. And I had other friends in the business and uh, – so that's how I just I started writing, and all my books are about fishing. Uh, and I, I'm trying to keep the youth, you know, right now high school fishing is becoming popular. I'm, I'm writing for the, the local kids that are two to eight years old and trying to get them interested, get them off their iPads and computers and, and get them interested in being outdoors and, and just start at a young age of keeping the kids interested and share my passion of fishing with them. Nice. Now, now you currently have four uh, children's books out, correct? Right. What What are those books, the titles? The first one was Walter the Wily Walleye. He's wily, which means he's sneaky. got a little where he hides what he wants to eat before he can catch him. <laughs> kind of challenges the child to try and catch him. Second book was Flying to the Boonies. It had a little boy and girl go with dad and grandpa on a flying trip to Canada they cook s'mores, they do a shore lunch, they see moose and bears, and the little girl catches the fish net. She catches a walleye. Third book was a follow-up to the first one, same illustrator from Nina, Wisconsin, and that's Walter Under the Ice. So uh, all these things are from my experiences, ice fishing and the previous one. I've taken 20 trips, the flying trips to Canada. And now the fourth one that's about, uh, I'm picking it up on Monday, is Monica the Muskie. So I'm going up to Minneapolis and pick up the boats and making a lot of deliveries on the way home. And each one of the books was endorsed by different people. Like the ice fishing book was endorsed by Jason Mitchell. Um, 
Dave Gins, I used to rep Vexlar when Dave originally was with Clam and Vexlar. And Larry Smith, I used to fish against Larry Smith when he was pro fishing, and now he's got his own Larry Smith Outdoors TV show. And then on the, the Muskie uh, book, I got endorsed by um, some of the, the names in Muskie, Pete Mena yeah. and Joe Booker, and uh, also Brett Alexander, who does a lot of guiding up the Green Bay. And on the Walleye book, I got endorsed by Mark Martin and Keith Gavias and uh, Bob Jensen from Iowa, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So those are all names that people I knew along the way in the business. And uh, as I'm a member of National Professional Anglers Association, I belong to that. And I go to those meetings and I show the books to the guys and they say, yeah, I got to have that. And so I, you know, stand there with a picture of them and Chase Parsons says he's tired of reading my books to his kids because they keep asking <laughs> to read the books over and over and over and over. Nice. So, so on average, how long does it take you to write a book? You can write a book uh, in a day or a week, but actually getting it into print takes about a year. You have to find the illustrator, negotiate with the publisher, go through the printing process, design, redesign, reprint. Everything. So it's not the, the writing that takes so much. And then after you get the book written, you go through a critique process and make sure that everything, you know, you get an editor to make sure everything's spelled. And I... I do rhyming, so that's a little bit more work to try and instead of force rhymes to make it sound like it is natural. So, but it's a, it's a long process. the The first illustrator is kind of funny how I found the guy. I'm looking. I got some recommendations. I belong to the Society of Children Book Writers and Illustrators, and I went to their website and looked at a bunch of portfolios. And one of them I pulled up. The first picture on there was a black and white ink drawing of a walleye. And I thought, that's karma. This guy's got to do my books. <laughs> and it's worked out. Uh, Scott Alberts uh, up in Nina did it, and he did a great job, and I get a lot of compliments on it. We Each one of the books, up to the one that has come out now, has won some awards, Mum's Choice Awards and Midwest Independent Publishing Awards. And so I've, I've found some good people to work with, and uh, it's going great. Nice. Um do you do you ever read any of your books now and look back and think, golly, I should have changed something about that? Is there is there anything in one of your books that you would change if you could go back? You always, I mean, you keep updating and changing and changing. And then one day you say, that's it, it's going to the printer, and then it's gone, and you can't look back at that point. You've, you know, you paid to have fifteen hundred books or two thousand books printed. You're not going to make any changes at that point, right? I try. I, I let other people look at them and. And uh, I, all of the information is accurate. So when I say that, you know, the walleye eats worms, minnows, leeches, grubs, it's accurate stuff. I let people that fish look at it and they say, yeah, right on, that's what it is. Or in the, my musky book, when I talk about doing the figure eight, I run it past the number of people and say, yeah, you know, always do a figure eight at the end of the cast. So a lot of eyes have looked at it. Not only are they whimsical and entertaining, but the kids are learning something at the same time that whoever's reading the book to them. Yeah, definitely. I think that's very important. You know, anybody could, you know, potentially write a fishing book, but but with your experience and your knowledge in the field, uh, you know, to, to have accurate information is very important. And with the Muskie book, it's 
find it, catch it, and then release it. I mean, the last page is a picture of the boy releasing the muskie. So I try to be responsible in what I'm writing about and, uh, you know, try to be careful. And in my ice fishing book, I, I make a point of don't go out on the ice if it's not safe. So all of the points that you'd be making if you were going to take your, your little one out there, you want to be safe, but you want to have an adventure and have fun too. Yeah. Now, how did you come up with like the names for the characters? Obviously, like Walter the Walleye. I mean, we all everybody call, calls, calls him, yeah, yeah calls, Walter, but like calls him Walter. What about like Monica the the Muskie here? I I asked a couple people, and they are all they were giving me different names, and for some reason I stuck on Monica. I have no idea why I, I chose Monica. I wanted to be a female. I originally it was going to be Mike the Muskie, and I thought. You know, I want little girls to be reading this stuff, and I want to appeal to that. And some of, you know, the muskies can be mean. So, you know, I, I wanted an edge on this this female that she can be a little mean. Not that I, you know, know a lot of mean women, but. <laughs> I, do. I do. I know a whole bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, no, I'm not going to go there. I want to continue selling books. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Now, now, I've always heard that it is just crazy hard to get your books published. It, did you find that also, or was it rather easy for you? No, it wasn't easy. As a matter of fact, I spent a couple of years trying to find a publisher, and I wasn't having any success, and I was sending out letters. And so I self-published. I, I bit the bullet and, and paid to have it published and hired the illustrator myself. And uh, so I stuck some investment in it. Knowing, you know, I'm not going to be a James Patterson. I'm not going to sell 10 million books. I would just like to break even. And like this morning, as I'm at this, this farmer's market, and somebody would come by and say, oh, I bought that book last month, and that's my four-year-old grandson's favorite book. When people say that, it really makes me feel good. Yeah, that's oh, a yeah. Um, Absolutely. Now, now, do you have more books, uh, you know, that you're planning on writing down, you know, in the yep. future? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Next year, it'll be Battle of the Bass. It's going to be a smallmouth and largemouth bass. The names haven't been chosen for that, but I, I hope to contact a bunch of my uh, bass friends, you know, maybe Ike Nelly and Jordan Lee, and I've got a number of names that I want to get some endorsements from. And kind of like who's bigger, who's faster, who's easier to catch and all, and have a little competition between a smallmouth and a largemouth bass. There you go. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah I started and, out no, go with ahead. the Midwest. Yeah, with the Midwest, it was walleyes and muskies. And I wanted to dabble there first, get established, and accounts order the books and see that I, you know, this just isn't a passing fad, that I'm serious about it and produce some good books. And uh, the idea was, you know, get it into some places and like the machine shed, put that in. Well, machine shed's kind of in the Midwest. Now, if I want to get a book in the Cracker Barrel, they only will put a book in Cracker Barrel if it goes in all their stores. Well, their stores in Florida and Texas have no interest in, in walleyes. But with a bass book, I might be able to get into a Cracker Barrel. And if I sell 10 books to each Cracker Barrel with 600 stores, that's like a 6,000 book order, which would make my day. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Is have you ever even heard of another uh, fishing children's book? I mean, is there anything like it? There are one or two things out there. They're not real current. Uh, 
a popular series of fishing was called the pout pout fish. You go in any Barnes and Noble, they got that out there. And it's a lot of the fishing books are trying to teach a lesson about something. I'm I'm more for get out there in the outdoors and have venture and have fun, and you'll learn the lessons of life you need by doing that. I'm not trying to pontificate that you need to do X Y Z to be a better person. I so I get away from that. I'm just talking about fishing as fun and an adventure. Share it with family and friends and uh, let the chips, you know, fall where they will. Yeah. Now you mentioned like Barnes and Noble. Uh, yeah. I mean, are, are you in Barnes and Noble? I mean, it, uh, where, where do you sell? I mean, where do you sell most of your books? Uh, everywhere you can think of. It's really kind of crazy. Um, I was headed up to Northern Minnesota yeah, I want to say in, in June, the family was flying in, got kids and grandkids from California. They had been cooped up out there for so long, they needed a vacation. And I, I rented a place up on Lake Vermilion. And on the way up there, I stopped in some bait stores on the way. And I went in a bait store in Mercer, Wisconsin, a little bait store. And I said, geez, I got a nice book there, but uh, I don't have any room. I might try the the gift store down at the corner. So I go down to the, the corner and walk in and show the gal. And she says, these are great. You got any with you? I said, of course. Like, I always get. She says, I'll take three dozen. And then the next order, she ordered five dozen. You don't know where, you know, I sell more in gift stores than I do in bookstores. Okay. And so you just got to find the right place that uh, will promote the book. I do get it in Barnes & Noble in Wisconsin and when I go up to the Twin Cities to pick up books on Monday, I will stop at the Barnes & Noble at the Mall of America. Uh, I've done book signings there before. And because they get such great traffic there, I can set up a table there and, and sell 30, 40 books in a day. Where if you go to a small bookstore, you might sell one or two or three books. So, yeah, there are areas where, you know, some Barnes & Noble, you put the book in, and if it doesn't sell in 30 days, they send it back. It's like, well... There's so many books there to choose from. Unless the clerk has an interest in fishing and recommends your book, you know, they, it's a big corporate deal. If right, it didn't yeah. sell 30 days, they're going to send it back. Well, if you faced it out there or had it somewhere and told somebody about it, it probably would sell. Right. Because once somebody talks about it and they, they recommend it, then it sells. So book selling is not an easy thing, and neither is tournament fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you get a lot of schools that like buy books from you to put into their libraries? No, as a matter of fact, it's probably one of the things I need to focus on. I've got a couple of uh, school events coming up, but this year with COVID, right. everything was canceled. You couldn't yeah. do anything. You know, just when I started getting going, first part of the year I was selling fifty books a week, and then COVID hit, and I'm selling two books a week because everything closed down. Yeah, I mean, all the events. I mean. I do well at, at sporting good shows. Like you go up to the Minneapolis Sports Show, I'll sell 350 books, but they didn't have that this year. And now the, the Chicagoland Fishing Travel and Outdoor Show, I don't think that's going to happen this year. So these are events that I do well because the people attending them have an interest in hunting and fishing, and that's my client. Right. And so all those were canceled, and so that, that really hurt me this year. Hopefully next year we'll be back on it with some events. And even if you have to wear a mask and wash your hands every 30 seconds, at least you'll have some people out there that you can talk to. Yeah, no yeah, doubt oh, about yeah. it. 
Now, do you see yourself, uh, once you get the bass book out, you know, kind of traveling down in the southeast part of the United States, you know, where bass fishing is very popular and, and you know, trying to sell the, the book down there for, say, in the winter and, and come back and sell books up here in the summer? Or what's the plan I, there? Yeah, I would go anywhere that uh, people want to go. If people, you know, Johnny Morris calls me and said, hey, you want to be in Bass Bro? Come on down here. Yeah. I'll get on the plane tomorrow. Yeah, oh, no doubt about we'll it. We'll go with you, too, if you... <laughs> <laughs> if old Johnny's calling. Yeah. Now, well, I, I lived, when I was in Iowa, I actually lived in Okaboji, Iowa, for a while. That's right by us. Yep. Yeah. And so, uh, as a matter of fact, what took me over there, I was the uh, director on the Save the Park campaign, where we raised like $7.6 million in 16 weeks to save the park. Because they were going to bulldoze the, the amusement park and put up condos. Yep. So we we saved the park and have a green space. And and one of my friends over there at the time was Tom Bedell. Oh yeah. And Tom was the type of guy that, uh, you know, he had his own plane. He could fly around and do what he wanted to. So it's those type of people that all of a sudden you don't know. They could say, "Hey, I'll back this." Right. And uh, you just don't know where where a break is going to happen. But I'm out there working the streets and, and, and selling books and, and getting good feedback. And, and that makes me happy. So yeah, no doubt about it. No, I actually, uh, when, when we were doing a little bit of research on you, I saw that, uh, that, uh, you were the director of development for the Maritime Museum over at the Iowa Great Lakes. And, uh, I've actually yep. got my name on a brick over there, uh, by the flagpole in Arnold's park. So that's, that's really pretty cool. I appreciate all your work that, uh, went into that. Cause now I've got two 12 year olds that love the park. Yeah, it, it was a great thing. I mean, people came together from all over the place. I, uh, you talk about great days. I mean, the day that uh, Tom Vilsick walked in and gave me a check for a million dollars, that was kind of cool. Yeah, and I had yeah. two, two other foundation checks for a half million each. That day, I think I had $3 million worth of checks in my pocket. So I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> you were thinking about going over to one of the bait shops. <laughs> <laughs> Now, how well, I did do a little fishing up there. It's it's a great area to fish too. Yeah. Yeah. How long were you over at Okaboji? I was only there for a year, year and a half, two years. I I was there as the fundraiser, and then I stuck around, took the job there for. I was there a year, year and a half, and then I moved from there up to uh, development director of the Maritime Museum in Manitowoc. Okay. So it's like you can't hit a moving target. It seems like I've changed careers. Every four or five years of my life, everything from racing formula cars to professional fishing to implanting pacemakers to being a financial planner, and now I'm writing kids' books. You know, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> now, now let's talk a little bit about that racing formula cars. I want to hear about that. Well, I, I raced, you know, both the V's and, and formula Fords at Blackhawk Farms and, and Elkhart Lake and in various places in the Midwest. I was never a professional i just that was just a hobby they did you know i was the rookie madison rookie driver of the year 1971 so that tells you how far back i go oh, very cool yeah <laughs> now now earlier you talked a little bit about uh fly-in fishing trips up in canada uh, yeah i'm I, I recently you know obviously this summer uh, we weren't allowed up into canada but uh last summer me and uh my son my dad and my brother all went on our first uh fly-in 
fishing trip. And it's just something that I think about all the time. It, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Where, uh, where do you normally go or do you kind of jump all over? I've been to a number of places. I, you know, I've been to Eagle Lake a lot, but usually I fly up to, or I go to Red Lake and then fly out of there into a series of lakes called Big Hook Wilderness. And the guy that used to own it was lived in Sheboygan and and sold it to a guy that now, wouldn't you know, in his second year, things were closed down. It was just kind of goofy. As a matter of fact, if in fact, did you drive up there? Yeah, we did. Uh, we did went. Did you up... go across at International Falls? No, we didn't. We uh, we actually went straight up from Sioux Falls on the interstate uh, up to uh, Manitoba, uh, and we flew out of Lac Dubani, Manitoba. Jackson's okay. Fly-ins. Yeah, yeah. If you went up, and a lot of people go up through International Falls, Yep. when you come back across the border from International Falls, the first gift shop you see, it's called Border Bob's. And he put a couple of them, you know, a couple dozen of my books in. And uh, I'm out in the middle of Lake Winnebago with a buddy perch fishing. And I get a call, and he says, is this Bob? I said, yeah. He said, this is Bob at Border Bob's. That's a lot of Bob's. He said, I'm out of books. Send me more books. So that was one of my better accounts because everybody coming back from Canada across International Falls, they'd stop there to get a T-shirt or a hat or whatever. And he said, without telling anybody anything, they put the books out there. And he sold more of those books than all the rest of his books combined that year. And so, yeah, and this year, because they were shut down, that was one of my number one accounts that I lost this year. And hopefully next year they'll open up and we'll, we'll be back in business. No yeah. doubt. Well, it's got to be, you know, all these dads go across on these fishing trips and their wives and, and kids are at home. They come back across and, and, you know, you could buy your kid a magnet, you could buy him a t-shirt, whatever. But when there's a book sitting there, why the heck wouldn't you buy that book? Right. Absolutely. That's a good idea. I try to come up with ideas like that. Like I said, I never know where I'm going to connect. Another story was that I, at the Minneapolis sports show, a gentleman says, hey, I'm, I've got a couple of uh, stores up in Purim. Will you come up there and, and uh, do a book signing? I said, well, that's a long ways to go. I'd have to have a, you know overnight travel. He said, i got a place you can stay. Get up there, and the guy's got three fantastic stores, and uh, he's well-connected. He was the president of the uh, University of Minnesota Alumni Club, and he's on the board of directors for the U." And he said, now, if you come up next year, I'll get you in for the fishing opener, the governor's fishing opener. I'll get you a picture with the governor with your books. I said, I'll be there. Right. Yeah. So you never know who's going to connect. And since then, Doug has reordered books a number of times. As a matter of fact, he's waiting for my new book to be out this week. He, he needs a couple dozen of those right away. And so, yeah, it's just it's a small world at times with the people. As a matter of fact, another person that I met at his book signing in Perham, he says, hey, I, I've got the concessions at the Fargo Airport. Would you send me 10 books? So I'm in the Fargo International Airport. I think I made it, you know, talk about movies. I always loved the movie Fargo. Uh, so I'm at the Fargo Airport. If you ever stop in there, check out my books. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what would you say is the most unique location that you're in? Um, 
I mean, an airport is right up there. Right. <laughs> Border Bobs has got to be, you know, up there. But I mean, is is there anything that it's like, oh man, you know, that's that's crazy, but but it just happens to be working. Well, I yeah, I mean, the, the St. Paul Fish Market is a restaurant on the north side of Milwaukee in Mequon that sells a lot of fresh fish, but they also have a restaurant. And I went in there and. Uh, they said, well, we'll try it. We'll, we'll put some out here. And uh, I did a little flyer about local author, et cetera, and I put them up there. And a week later, it said, you got to get back here. We need more books. And they, they, put them, they displayed them at the checkout stand. And it's like every couple of weeks, they're ordering more books. I would have never thought that a restaurant or a fish market would, would be selling my books like they are. Here's one other little story. I, uh, I went up to a, a town, uh, Port Washington, and I saw that uh, I was looking around online and they got a bookstore. I went up there and the bookstore is closed for sale sign on the place. I thought, oh, geez, I've, I'm here, but there's a little gift store across the street. I'll, I'll peek in there. I walk in there with a couple books and I'm, I'm waiting to see the owner and uh, a lady is walking around and she's, what are you doing? I said, well, I got books here. I said, well, let me see it. She says, I'll take one. <laughs> and so I'm, I haven't sold them to the store yet. And I sold one to a customer there. And the owner comes over and says, well, we don't even have that into the system. I said, that's not my problem. Your customer, <laughs> your customer wants this book. And I, I'll personalize it and sign it for her. And again, since then, this customer has reordered like three or four times uh, just a, a small little gift store, so you never know. Yeah, well, yeah if that doesn't tell the owner that they right. need to get that book when when you're just walking in and you already got customers after it, that's awesome. <laughs> well, Bob, uh, you know I I think we've covered the books uh, pretty good. Uh, we didn't, you know, neither Matt nor I even realized that you uh, were a tournament angler back in the day, and uh, I mean that that was really a cool part to to add to the. To the interview, um, uh, I guess we kind of covered everything uh, we'd, we'd like to cover. Uh, if you've got anything else that you'd like to say, uh, uh, you know, here, here's your time. Otherwise, uh, if you just want to say one more time, uh, where can the people find your books? Like, is there online or, or Facebook? or? That's where I would tell them to go. I've, they can go. I've got a website and go to boballenauthor.com. Or if you go to Bob Allen Books, it's going to take you over to BobAllenAuthor.com. Uh, now through the end of the year, there's free shipping on all the books. And so, you, and if you put a comment in there and do a little thing and tell me that you want it signed or a name you want it personalized to, I will do that too. So I personalize the book, sign it. No shipping cost to you, and it makes a great gift for the holidays. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. I've got a two and a half month old uh, baby upstairs right now, and uh, I think that he'll be getting a Wal Walter the Wiley Walleye book because uh, his his mom put a little bookshelf up on top of his crib, and there's nothing that has to do with fishing up there, and I need to change that. <laughs> yeah, so. right. I was at a, a workshop up at the Linders with Al Linder, and I met uh, Brett McComas, who, who yep. does some yep. of the Target Walleye stuff. And he had a little baby maze, and I signed a book for him. 
And he put a picture of his baby with the book and said, this is Maze's new favorite book. And within two weeks, when he posted that on on Target Walleye, I think I sold 40 books. I think they got like 35,000 followers of that. Right. So, yeah, his little baby that was just a couple months old, he bought the book and put in a, a picture of her up there. And ever since, he's ordered the, the next books that came out after that. That was the original one, which was I, – I just happened to – when I was up at that conference with Al – I saw Al out to dinner the night before. My wife and I saw Al, and he was with Kozolowski, I think, who used to, Frabel was a sponsor when he worked there, but now he's working for Johnson & Johnson and Hummingbird. And I walked over to the table, and I said, Al, here's some bedtime reading for you. And I, I gave each of the guys a book. And the next morning, he starts out the program, and he holds up the book, and he's selling this book to an audience of 200 people. So, this is a great book, you guys. So when somebody looks at it and recommends it to somebody else in the business, that word of mouth means a, a million to me. I mean, that's great. When Ellen there says, read this book, a lot of people are going to read the book. So Right. Yeah. I mean, some of the some of the names that you've dropped, uh, you know, Jason Mitchell, Dave Gens, the Linders, McComas, uh, you know, all these guys. Uh, when all those guys are recommending your book, you're doing something right. Well, I'm trying to. If it wasn't any good, they they wouldn't uh, be recommending me. So yeah. I'm really pleased that these guys like that. At the last NPAA meeting, Joe kind of bought one for his little one. And, you know, next year there'll be more little ones, and the year after that more. So I got a constant audience that's cropping up here. So. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, very cool. Well, I appreciate your time, guys. Well, yeah, we thank well, you. We thank you. Yeah, that that was absolutely spectacular. So, uh, thank you very much. So, all right, we'll talk to you later, Bob. Thanks much. See Bye. ya. There he goes, Bob Allen. And as Matt uh, just showed me, not Bobby Allen, uh, the owner of Shark Racing from Hanover, Pennsylvania. I'm sure Jeremy Clausen uh, saw the name and he was like, "Holy moly!" But, uh, no, he also did some racing. Not Bob Allen, the world champion trap shooter. Uh, if you got a gun case or a uh, shell catcher holder that uh, says Bob Allen on it, it wasn't that Bob Allen either. This is Bob Allen, the author. That's right. Now you now you know who he is. Now you know. If go you didn't know, now you know. Go check that stuff out. That's right. I'm, I'm buying a book. So I, am I. I'm, I'm buying buy a book. I, I've got a podcast to record right now, but as soon as the podcast is over, I'm going to buy the book, maybe all four. Oh, definitely do it. You got to get all four. Yep. Yep. That's such a great idea. I mean, when you really think about it, there's not a lot of books that are geared towards that. I mean, there's children's books for like sports and right. all these different other things, but uh, nothing really in the fishing world. And, you know, like you said, trying to get that two to eight year old. Yeah. Year interested. Range and, and yeah, definitely. So, so, I mean, if I'm going to buy a book for a, a two to eight year old and I can buy joey gross goes to the grocery store or jim rides a train or i can buy walter the wily walleye i know which one i'm going to buy well, exactly and i'm right. not going to find out about trains or grocery stores no. i'm going to be finding out about fishing exactly so you know aunts uncles parents grandparents neighbors anybody gift shop owners gift shop owners i, I got a sister-in-law that's got a little gift shop down downtown and uh I think that's another spot that they should be sold. Yep. But uh, either way, if you've got uh, if you've got a two to eight year old on your uh, gift list uh, here this Christmas, I don't even know. I mean, they don't even need to be Christmas. I would be all right with somebody reading the book to me. You would? Yeah. 
Oh, you just wait. Emily's going to be reading you books and I, you know, that's something I never, I'm not a big reader. So if it's something I can read something that I'm interested in, but if I'm not interested in it, I'm not reading it. That's right. That so. is right. So, uh, so no, maybe, was, maybe you fun. can, maybe you can buy one when you buy one, you can record it and on send it over to you. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, your voice kind of puts me to sleep so I can listen to it at night. So I believe that I believe it does. <laughs> I've looked over while we're recording podcasts. You've and, had to smack me a few yeah, times. Like, hey, you drip. Well, this big bear rug behind us and stuff, it gets <laughs> kind of comfortable. It does. <laughs> this is a very, it's a cozy little basement studio, living room. Uh, you know, we've got everything going here. Deer heads and bears, coyotes, pheasants, pheasants. turkeys, fish, ducks. We got it all. I mean, Lee and Tiffany are staring at us right now as we talk. That's right. Stan Potts. He wouldn't put you to sleep. No. He'd, he'd smack you good. So, uh, no, we got it all, whatever. Uh, but, no, yeah, thanks to Bob Allen for joining the show. Yeah, um, definitely. So, uh, first and foremost, uh, we're going to talk uh, about naming you the listeners. And uh, we've, we got a lot of submissions, and uh, uh, we had some people, tight or you know, send in, you know, the masturbators and the hookers and whatnot. And... Uh, you know, as funny as that would be, whatever, uh, you know, with just with being a PG show and, uh, potentially getting shirts with, uh, you know, with this name on it down the road, whatever, um, we're probably going to steer away from that. Even, even if that is what would potentially win the vote, we're just going to steer away from that. And, uh, um, we've got a couple other names. Uh, Craig Oiler came through with the co-anglers. Uh, we had a submission for the net men. Uh, we had a submission for the chum. Uh, that was Tyler Hicks, and that's a pretty funny one. Oh, yeah. Um, the tight liners. Uh, I don't know. I could pull my phone out right now and uh, figure them all out. But we've had a lot of submissions. So if you've got another submission, uh, send it over to us. Uh, we're and and at some point here in the next week or two, we'll uh, we'll post a uh, a link for a poll and uh, we'll get this sucker finalized. But. Uh, yeah, that, that right now is, is all the front runners. So if you've got something else that you want to throw in the hat, let's get her going. And uh, that's that. I, I still like my fishaholics. Fishaholics? Yeah. That can be on there too. All right. That can be on there too. I mean. I like them all. Thanks for the people that. You only that, get one vote. I, I, thanks for the people that submitted them all. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, thanks for all the messages. You know, we get some messages from uh from people, you know, hey, we just, you know, just found the podcast, whatever. And, uh, no, we appreciate all those messages. So if you're a listener out there and you're like, golly, I really want to talk to these dudes, send us a message. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Though. Blow Matt's blow Matt's phone up. Do it. Do Boom. It. Blow Matt's phone up. I mean. Well, with, I'm, sick of, I'm sick of Rogan texting me all the time and asking for advice. You know, Rogan, like, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sick like of Spotify you. offering me billions of dollars know, trying to get like, this guys, podcast. I don't know but. if we want that much responsibility on us. Have that much? Exactly. I mean, that's a lot of money for us to have to spend. Well, and, I mean, they're going to have to have to up their ante if they want this bad boy. I know. Well, you know what they paid? They got to pay double what they paid paid Rogan because for sure. there's two of us. So. And throw pizzas on top of it. <laughs> that old <laughs> that old tombstone trailer is going to be out here in front. Well, I I do. I want a full reefer trailer, full of tombstones, full of root beer, and then we can talk. <laughs> then we can talk. Let's Let get down to business again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hiring an agent. <laughs> nope. But uh, NWT uh, National Walleye Tour um, came out with their. 2021 schedule yep 
Yeah, they did. They came out with their 2021 schedule. Matt, you got it right at the ready? Right at the ready. I don't have it right at the ready. Come on, man. Have it right at the ready. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Hold on. Hold on. All right, everyone count to 10. One, two, three. I'm not going to count all the way to 10. You can't. I know. If you could, you would, but you can't. I don't want to take my socks off in your basement, so. God dang it. I'm sitting here on the freaking, I'm on their page. How can I not find it? This is a competition now, which one of us can find it first. Oh, come on, 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 come on. What the flip, Kip? Future events. Future events, updated schedule, future events. What the f... They just came out with it. All right, Matt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and just talk nothings at these people until you can find it. NWT 2021. I got it. You got <laughs> I it. got it. I got it. So we got uh, in at the end of April, Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, at the end of May, Sturgeon Bay. At the end of June, Huron. At the end of July, Mobridge. And the championship on Otter Tail Lake in Minnesota, September 15 through 17. Uh, entry fees are $1,750 for the pros and $500 for the co's. $100,000 payout. For first place, 80K for second place, and 45K to the first place co-angler. So I do believe that all those entry fees are higher all the way across the board, but the payouts are higher. And uh, I actually talked to Garrett Haukus, Garth, Garth Haukus, God dang it, sorry about that, Garth. But, uh, and I, I kind of asked him, I said, you know, what were the guys out at, uh, out at the championship saying about it? And uh, he said a lot of the Eastern guys were not liking it a whole lot, that there was so many Western fisheries on there. But he said a lot of the Western guys were like, hey, we're liking this a lot. So, uh, you know, I think no matter what, you can't come up with a schedule that's going to please everybody. And, and, you know, in 2022, it might be more of an Eastern deal. So is what it is. But, uh, no, I think that'd be cool. I would really, really, really like to throw my name in the hat and be a co-angler at some point. You should. You should, too. Try the Mobridge one or something. Yeah, that's halfway close for us. Yeah, Otter Tail Lakes isn't isn't. Well, you got to qualify for that one. Well, I'm planning on qualifying. Okay, I'm planning on doing all of them. All right then, that sounds like a good plan. I ain't half-assing this. That I'm down for it, man. I'll come watch you. I'll come watch I don't know if you don't in. believe me or what. I totally believe you, Matt. Quit giving me that look, or I'll freaking roundhouse you. <laughs> I wouldn't be the first or the last. Yeah, no kidding. Your face is still a little red. Yeah, not so much here or there, but just right here. <laughs> right here. Oh, man. So, yeah, no, then there's that. Uh, no, otherwise, uh, in other news, like, I mean, we can sit here and tell you about what the Bassmasters, you know, it's going up till this point, but uh, it really doesn't make a difference because there's still a, two I, more days. And I couldn't stand that ter- the tournament so far. Why? I'm just going to say that. I well, want to see people catching fish. I don't want to see... 
one or two. I mean, guys with nine pounds finishing in the they top ten. They did the best they could with the situation. Oh, okay. Everybody gets a participation trophy this week at the Bassmaster Tournament. No, the winner's still going to win. I know. But it's just, from a fan's point, it's kind of boring watching bass live all day and nobody catching a dang fish. I, I Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. This isn't this wasn't a year for the fans. Plain and well, simple. I mean, right. you know, it wasn't a year for the fans. You know, some of the northern, you know, uh, up north, they, they caught them because they were there at the right time. But uh, this, you know, the three, the three tournaments, you know, the last three tournaments here, uh, as Dave Mercer would call them, are grinders. Grinders. And uh, I don't know why they just didn't keep them up more towards the northern states. Were they afraid just because of the colder weather? No, they probably know that the southern guys would cry about it. Right. I just I, I can't figure that out because it seems like around here, some of the local tournaments lately, they've been catching some pretty good bags right, of fish right. up here. So, when I, you know, I think that they should have even pushed it back a smidge farther. You know, if they would have, you know, this these three tournaments in a row here, if they would have started that two weeks from now, Maybe it'll you know, be different. You know, might, a little yeah. bit colder yet. And, uh, you know, there's no way of knowing when it's going to get cold. I mean, you know, obviously they planned this five months ago, whatever. And At least they're getting it. Is what it is. Right. That's right. And uh, so baggers can't be choosers. We're still, uh, we're still getting to watch fishing. And uh, hopefully they go down and hammer them on fork. And uh, uh, They probably will. Yeah. I, I would think so. But, yeah, you just never know. And there's been some big fish caught. Yeah. I mean, that's really not, big I fish. Mean, six pound. Yeah. This, Gussie caught a nine pounder last week. Right. So, last week. So. Yeah. So, I mean, there, <clears throat> there is that. So, yeah, at the end of the day, like I said, beggars can't be choosers and, and that's that. So, yeah, I don't know. Matt, you got a good news story? Good news story of the week. I uh, forgot about a good news story. So, I mean, I'm going to come right it. out and say that right now. Um, no, I got a good news story. All right. Go for it. I uh, I got a message from Matt Johnson with Clam. Uh, he's the pro staff director for Clam, and uh, I'm going to have the opportunity to work my very first show for Clam. Uh, it's going to be somewhere around here. They haven't come out with uh, – wh- I know where it's at, but they haven't made it official or, you know, come out with a post or anything, you know, saying that they are having a nice show, but they are – uh, I've talked to the owner of the place that is having it. And uh, so, yeah, I'll be there representing Clam. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to that opportunity. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's personally my good news story for this week. Uh, hopefully by next week uh, we get a chance to tell you where it is. And if there's any listeners in the area that want to come down and talk about Clam Shacks, talk about Ice Armor Gear, talk about rods, uh, um I, I know some other dudes, uh, past guests on here that are also going to be there. And, uh, I think the BS is going to be flying there and oh, it could sure. get a little deep. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. Mine, mine would have to be, uh, one of my students, third grader came up to me the other day and was pumped up cause he caught a 24 inch walleye down at the river here in town. Shut it down. Yeah. And I've been talking to a few of them that have been actually having a lot of luck recently catching a lot of walleye and sauger both so dang right yeah i so mean those kids are still down there putting in the work and getting after it so you know with cool. the water being so low i i was thinking you know with the leaves and everything in there that it, it it could be pretty tough fishing but i actually drove through there on thursday night me and kayla did and uh there wasn't as many leaves sitting in the water as what i really thought hmm, that there could that's be good. so uh 
I don't know, Matt. It's Saturday, and it's not that bad of a day. I know. I might go chase some pheasants. Ah, uh, that's a good idea. That's uh, a good idea. Did you see? How about? How did we not talk about the Minneapolis ice show? Ice show getting canceled. Getting canceled. Yeah, is that St. Paul Sports Show the or St. Paul Ice Show or St. Paul Ice Show? Minneapolis Ice Show. Right. I don't know what they call it. It's the one up there in Minneapolis, in the Twin Cities, we'll call right. it. The Twin Cities Ice Show. It got canceled. That it sucks. Yeah, it does. That does suck. But uh, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I know think, there's one that's going to still be happening. That's right. Let's hear about it. It's going to be over in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Ice Institute, ice baby. Institute. And it's going to be the biggest ice? one. The dang right it is. So... Yeah, if you're within uh, if you're within a decent driving distance of Sioux Falls, me and Matt are going to be there. Uh, I don't know that we're going to be working, but we'll be there uh, one of the days, two of the days, whatever, walking around, uh, kissing babies, uh, signing, we'll sign signing foreheads. If you want, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we'll sign anything. Well, not anything, but not checks. <laughs> we ain't signing no checks unless it's the backside. That's right. But uh, no, we we should be there. Uh, I believe Kevin Paul has come out and. Uh, uh, he's having one uh, first or second week of November um, down in Clear Lake. I, I think Fargo's still, Fargo going. still going. A lot of the Shields are still having ice fests right. and whatnot. So, uh, um, yeah, there. I mean, there's definitely still shows around. So uh, go on, you know, any of your favorite uh, retail or retailers. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, look on their Facebook page and check out the events tab, and and they should have something there. But uh, yeah. I think that there's still going to be deals to be had. Oh, for sure, especially this year. Yep, they might be too hot not to be able not to miss these places. That's right, too hot, too hot of deals. That's right. They're, everything's Saving going fast. They're selling everything. Yep, and and you guys can buy everything, and if you don't like it, send it to us. Yep, we'll try it out for you. Yep. All right, that's that. Talk to you guys later.